1: Thank you for your presence today. God set everything in the heavens and the earth in perfect order, including resting in him and worshiping him. Our loving God provides six days for us to labor and one day to rest and worship him. God, who can do whatever he wants to, could have mandated one day of labor and six days of rest and worship. But he selflessly ordained six days of labor and one day of rest and worship for him. And sometimes we won't even give him that. Listen with Bible, pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us. Thank you for another opportunity to come into your house
2: and worship. Father, it's just amazing how we can pray for rain and then can't come and rejoice in the rain and say thank you. You're so good. Help me now to preach. And I pray, Father, that souls be saved. Help us to turn off all those technological gadgets to not walk, but to focus and not have wandering minds in Jesus name. And all God's children said, amen. God bless you. Well, we're going to take right up where we left off the last time. The Lord willing, or we'll conclude this, this message, conclude the message today in the book of Genesis. We've been there for a number of, of weeks. Uh, It's part three, as a matter of fact. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 is what we want to look at. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, and then verse 15. Right there in the first part of the Bible, uh, the second chapter of the first book of the Bible. And there you'll find these words. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Then look at verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And from these verses, part three, final uh, part of this series, the day God rested. The day God rested. Isn't it amazing that we have so many things on our plate that we find little time, if any, to rest ourselves? We are often in a hurry. We, work, we rush from one place to the next. We go from one event to the next event. And, and even when we get where we're supposed to be, mentally we're not there because our minds are constantly in the go mode as to where we will be next when we leave where we are. This can result in not giving those who speak to us our undivided attention This results in not being able to hear our wives and husbands and children from the heart or to just focus on the person we need to minister to because we're downright too busy. We can't even hear those who really need ministry or to be ministered to. We don't know what people are going through. Some people are suicidal. Some on the edge. Some need a word of hope. Someone need to be comforted because of death. Someone's in a financial crisis. Someone is in a crisis with their child, a marriage. And yet we can oftentimes be so busy trying to get to the next place. We leave the very person who is sitting right beside us or behind us or in front of us. Unministered to because we're trying to hurry up, and get home. To see Cowboys lose in the last minutes. I heard it way over there. (laughs) I tell you what, if that quarterback don't get it done this year, he needs to go. Do I have an amen on that? (laughs) So we rush home, we get in the car, you can't shake five hands. Can't love on people, can't pray on people, because you're in a hurry. I got to go. Got to do. I got to eat. Then it's off to work. We go again. Where we are loaded down with emails and Facebook and meetings and paperwork and special projects and reports and other work assignments, the responsibility in our work, the responsibility in the home, washing, cooking, cleaning, mowing the lawn, washing cars, all of that is an endless cycle that needs to be balanced with the prescription of rest. And this is why God gave us in Genesis chapter two, verse two, he gave it as a template, a pattern, uh, a model for us to implement in our lives and in the lives of our families. In Genesis chapter two, verse two, it says, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he what rested on the seventh day from all His work that he had done. As I told you earlier, God did not rest because he was exhausted, tired, or fatigued. Uh, he rested because his work was finished and he was laying out a pattern or a template for uh, his creation, speaking specifically to humans to govern ourselves by. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, man was created first and placed in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. In verse 15 in Genesis 2, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. In this particular verse, we see the, in, the first introduction to work. Adam was a steward of God's creation. In other words, God entrusted him with the responsibility of taking care of God's very own creation. Work came not as a result of sin because at this particular point there was no sin and no rebellion. Work here was created by God because he expected man to be productive, and therefore, God made Adam a gardener in the Garden of Eden. Adam experienced joy and fulfillment, which came as a result of carrying out and obeying his God given responsibilities in the garden. And God did not intend for him to be idle in the garden. When Adam was in the garden, he did not intend for him to be unproductive. And be mindful that he put Adam to work before the fall. Before the fall, there was no hard work. There was no agonizing labor. There was no weeds, no unproductive soil, no blazing high sun, no cuts, no scrapes, and no bruises. Wow, wouldn't that be nice? Even though God ordained work for Adam, and it was indeed a good thing for the productivity of man, it can be abused by taking it to the extreme, to the detriment of man and women and children, because of workaholics. Now we're going to fast forward all the way to where we are today. What happens to people who refuse to work? You had work in the garden. God put Adam to work. And and God himself worked, then rested. So what happens to people who refuse to work? Number one, Satan exploits those who are idle. Be mindful that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Now, that's not scripture, but that's, (laughs) that's a pretty good thought. If you refuse to work for God, you'll end up working for the devil. The question is, who is your boss? Ephesians 4.27 says, nor give place to the devil. You know, most people that aren't doing anything are the people who end up being the most problematic, most problematic in society. And I find that true in the church. People that don't serve in the church, just sit in warm pews, not in one ministry, can't hardly find them. And when they come, they disgruntle. You know why they're like that? They're not doing nothing. That's right. They're not doing nothing. You 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 know why you can be so critical of football players and basketball players, huh? It's because you're sitting on the sideline on the couch, drinking your Coca Cola. I hope, <laughs> and you shouting and screaming at the television because you're not doing nothing. The, the team that loses uh, forty to nothing, say, why don't you come out here play the game? You get knocked down. You get your head knocked to dizziness. Then you won't be so quick to criticize we who are playing the game. When are you gonna get in the game? She sure can't sing. Why don't you get up there show how? Huh? Tank ministry, all oh, messing up, always oh, got a sound. Can't they get that right? the, the pitch ought to be up there by now. Won't you get back there and work technology? <laughs> Isn't it amazing when everything goes well with it from the technological perspective, nobody say anything. But when you get that first little glitch, all of a sudden, everybody's head hey, go back, saying, can't you get it together? Hmm? Those persons who are often doing nothing usually are the most problematic.
1: God blessed the day that he rested and said in his word, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This day is specifically set aside to worship and adore our Heavenly Father. As God's own, we must follow the path He has created for us. God deserves all honor, glory, and praise every day. Yet even as His children, we find ourselves giving less time to the things of God and more time to the things of this world that have no spiritual significance. Listen as Pastor Rander continues.
2: Number two, uh, what happens when people refuse to work? Number two, the refusal to work will cause one to lie, cheat, and steal. Ephesians 4.28 says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. In other words, God... W- wants to work us in order that we would give to God. You don't work for yourself. It's amazing. People get raises, but they don't give God a raise. They don't tithe. They, they give little chump change to the very one they depend on for their breath and their life and their existence. When they get in trouble, they, they, they cry out, Lord, have mercy, and then cheat him on Sunday in giving. Isn't that a shame? That God owns it all and said, give me 10% and you say, ain't. We work to give to God. We work to give to our family. A, a man that won't take care of his family is worse than an infidel. God, expect fathers and husbands to take care of the wife, keep her looking good, keep the children looking good. Won't y'all say amen, women? Amen. A, a sorry man is one that won't go to work and take care of his household. And then we give to take care of others. There will be people who come in with unique needs. And God has put those persons in your path to be a blessing, too, uh, because there may come a day when you won't have and you'll need the help of others. Number three, what happens when people refuse to work? Uh, they live in poverty. Proverbs 10, 4a says, lazy people are soon poor. If you're lazy, you'll soon come to poverty. Uh, number four, uh, they become beggars, moochers, and mooch off family, mooch off people, always saying, give me, never give, and a burden to family, friends, and the church. Others have to carry the load in areas such as health care, increased taxes. Our taxes are going because of folks who won't work. Social security and welfare. I think there ought to be a, a, a limit as to how long a person can be on welfare. It ought not be eternity. Go to work. The government is not our savior. Because of many who refuse to work, often their parental responsibilities are placed on the shoulders of others or even the government because they won't even take care of their own children and grandchildren. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 4 says, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at harvest. Don't, don't expect corn if you didn't plant any. Don't expect collard green and mustard greens if you didn't put seeds in the ground and watered and weed. Don't expect nothing when you didn't give nothing. That's right. And, and, and people have that attitude in church, you know. They come to church, oh it was dry today. Ain't nothing happened. Pastor Draper was boring. Well, I didn't get nothing out the message. I didn't get nothing to choir, didn't sing, they didn't they didn't sing my song and the reason you didn't get nothing because you didn't come with nothing. I dare you to bring your fire, your zeal, your passion, your joy. Huh? Bring something to the house of God. I bring mine, you bring yours, and everybody else bring theirs. We'll have a bonfire. Case Act 12, World and National News will be all around here saying, What's going on at Maranatha? Don't come, didn't experience nothing, you didn't bring nothing. Bring something. Don't come to the Lord's house empty handed. Number five, why is it people won't work, uh, refuse to work? They they earn income. When you don't work, when people refuse to work, they earn income illegally. So you do alternative underground work drugs, prostitution, scams, bride, bribes. Extortion, gambling, everything, all of that. Gamble God's money away. You see, when when you don't work, Ezekiel chapter 22 verses 8 and 12 says, You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. In you they take bribes to shed blood, to murder. You take interest and profit and make gain of your neighbor that's right as a matter of fact you don't come to church to cut business deals that's right I'm not saying you can't be in Avon and Mary Kay and health vitamins and all this kind of stuff but don't come in here to cut deals pass out your business cards and don't even give folk a track saying do you know Jesus instead if you make money off of folk that's lost somebody struggling barely making ends meet Somebody going through hard times and you, you looking at them as a business prospect. Don't cut deals on holy grounds. Uh oh, we're getting quiet now. do not y'all say? Huh? You know, sir, as long as I've been pastor this church, I've not sold you anything. I haven't sold you anything. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm not getting mad at you because I'm in the shoe business and the shoe hurt your foot. No, 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 no. I'm just concerned about your soul and your growing up in the Lord and looking more like Jesus. I don't have time to be cutting deals with you. I want you get mad at me. You get mad at me because I told you the gospel truth. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's why we're here. It's getting quiet now. I'm not saying you can't be in business, but all I'm saying is that, you know, come here To hear a word from God. Now, let me transition. Why do people struggle to rest themselves? You say, man, I have a hard time resting. I I love work and I love this and I I just can't stop. Well, why do people struggle to rest themselves? God rested. You saw that in the passage. The God of the universe who knows all, who sees all, who's all-powerful, who's everywhere present, God, the God of glory, rested. And if God rested, who are you with your little finite, puny self to think you can run on E eternally with no consequences? Why do people struggle to rest themselves? Well, number one, because of the inability to say no. Now, some of you will always say no. You don't do nothing. No, 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 no. I don't want to come to choir rehearsal. That's too long. I don't want to come to this. I don't want to come to that. I can't tutor a child. Maybe too hard. Now, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get involved. No, 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 no. You don't ever say yes. And some of you, you always yes to your own detriment. Because of inability to say no. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 is a powerful text. It says, for I do not persuade men or God. Or do I seek to please men. For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. you, You see that in the text? For I do not persuade men. Or do I seek to please men for... If I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Listen, you're not here to please me. You're not here to please people. You're here to please God. God, And God has an agenda for you. Let God set your calendar. Let him set your agenda and not people. People don't know your limits. People don't know your breaking points. People will kill you if you let them, starting with your own family. You cannot be all things to all people. There are times when we must say no for the sake of our own physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. That's right. That's right. And I I have to know how much is enough. My wife has to know that. We can't be all things to all people. The church is too big. I wish I could be all. To every basketball game of a child, every football game, every wedding. I wish I could do every funeral, every hospital visitation. That's why we need leadership. That's why we need delegations of authority in the church. So that my hands won't get so tired in the work. People will kill you if you let them. See, number two, why do people struggle to rest themselves? They feel indispensable. They assume their workplace cannot function without them. They feel indispensable. If you think that your company can't go on without you, you are self-deceived. <laughs> the joke is on you. Just leave or die and see if anything stops. Huh? See if, that, see if H-E-B is going to fold up because you're not there. anymore. Whatever company you're in, whatever you do, I don't care whether you're a teacher, your doctor, lawyer, uh, custodian, whatever you are. It's going to go on. Sometimes they'll even come to your funeral. And sometimes they go to the funeral, cry with you, and then go take a smoke and go out to lunch and eat fried chicken. <laughs> it's amazing how, you know, you know funerals always amaze me. Funerals are just ama- Funerals are quite fascinating.
1: The cats get Oh, oh God. They go. She's a Let's go. Going- going- oh, he's going.
2: to going. They go out.
1: And outside. hey, girl. How you doing? Oh, I
2: just. Go, I thought you were crying in there. Where has the morning gone that quick? Watch, folks. It's, 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 it's amazing. Those tears can come off. Boom, boom. Gonna stop, <laughs> and the others, others, you, you say no, 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 until you can die, and we don't have to make one adjustment. That's the other side. You said, boy, he's preaching a balanced message today. I mean, you can die, and we don't, we don't have to replace you in one ministry. the the The, the tennis section will still be full. All the Sopranos will be there, huh? Nobody's absent from, you're not, you, nobody has to fill a gap in the media ministry, the children's ministry, and the tutorial ministry, and all the other ministries are 60 ministries, y'all. And we, and, and, and there's not one ministry to, re, that has to be replaced, because you did nothing. Did nothing. God has done all for you. He lived for you, he bled for you, he died for you, he rose for you, and he's coming back again for you. And yet you give him absolutely nothing. What's wrong with you? You are not here to warm a seat. You think you can, the the workplace can't do without you? You arrogant. James 4.16 says, but now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. you just as proud you as you can be if you think your job can't go on without you. Number three. Number three. Third thing. Why do people struggle to rest themselves? They think they are invincible. They assume they can work 60 or more hours without physical repercussions. Which is a result of pride. I can work more. I gotta get out of debt. I gotta get this. I gotta get that. I gotta get this toy. I gotta get this gadget. I gotta get more. I got when I get this, then I'll be. And then you never stop. And you sixty hours, seventy hours, eighty hours. With, and you you're fooling yourself. The spirit of in, being invisible is a dangerous thing. Let me share something powerful with you. Your work is not your life, and it should not define who you are. That's right. That's right. You don't get your uh, self-esteem stroked from your job. What happens when you don't have that job? That's right. You need to seek to live a healthy, well-balanced life. Your job shouldn't define who you are. It is possible to work yourself to an early grave. That's what's wrong with America. There was a time when they had something like the blue law. Y'all remember that? The, 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 old, the young folk don't know about that. You know, I just had a birthday, so I can call y'all young folk. Now, y'all say, look at him. I'm 80. He called himself young. I'm still, but let me tell you something. I'm, I'm older than a whole lot of folk in here, and I'm old enough to know about the blue law. Anybody else know what I'm talking about in here? That's when everything was closed. If you didn't get it on Saturday, you had to wait till Monday. That's right. Everything. You couldn't bank. You couldn't go. There wasn't no Walmart. You couldn't go to no grocery store. You, you had to get gas. You got everything on that Saturday. It was closed. We had a day of worship and rest. And now you can leave out of here and you can go downtown. Everything's open. You can go at midnight, 24 hours. And we wonder why we're killing ourselves. You see, you work yourself to an early grave. Listen, people of God, it's better to make less money with less stress and have more time for the Lord's work and your family than to earn more, more, more money and be an absentee mom or
1: dad. You're miserable and you're unfulfilled. God has given us an impeccable plan for labor, rest, and worship. We suffer because we do not adhere to it. And because we don't adhere to it, we find ourselves struggling. The good news is we don't have to. As Pastor Rander concludes today's message, listen closely as he walks us through the scripture for the answers to our struggles. We have the access, we just have to tap into it. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, or would like to hear this message in its entirety, Please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.